0: what's up everybody welcome back to the cc delco podcast my name is taylor and this is a bi-weekly podcast we aim to go deeper than we can on a sunday morning on a wide variety of topics today's episode is with pastor bob Gagliom and anna walker roberts our ardmore campus director and small groups director and they've got a great conversation about the resurrection so sit back listen up and be blessed Hello, I am Anna Walker Roberts and this is the CC Delco podcast. I'm here today with our senior pastor, Bob Gaglione, and it is the week before Easter, which Woo-hoo. is yeah one of the most <laughs> important, you know, weeks in our Christian calendar. And, you know, there's just so much anticipation going from the season of Christmas all the way, like leading up and building to Easter. And you have been the pastor of this church for 27 years. You've had 27 Easter's as a pastor. I am curious, what are some of the stories or takeaways that you've had from Easter's over the years?
1: You know, I will have one regret when this is all said and done is I think people think pastors treat Easter and and Christmas as the Super Bowl. Mm. And even though we do have great services, I've always put a lot of energy into the service, which I would probably get no credit for. And uh, not always a tremendous amount of time on my message. Uh, I remember people come out to me like three weeks before Easter, like, why don't you save that for Easter? That's like amazing. Uh, I really don't look at a preaching calendar that way. Um, And then you're dealing with, like the resurrection doesn't change, so 27 looks at it. Uh, I would always take this similar look at it, which I think we're going to discuss the validity of the resurrection. Yeah. But I think my greatest Easter memory has nothing to do with this church. Uh, I remember becoming a Christian and I had a list of people who I thought would become believers and a list of people I would never even witness to. They were too far gone. One of them was my stepbrother who I I was raised with. And um, he was a heavy metal guitarist, hair down to the middle of his back, dropping acid. I mean, I, I didn't even witness... To him, but one day we were landscaping with uh, my stepdad, and I began to tell him about Jesus. He told me later he had a tear in his eye, but he was afraid to show me. I invited him to Easter, and he became a believer. Wow! So I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the power of Easter, even though we could talk about like, is this a valid holiday or holy day? But that would be my fondest memory.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good one. Uh, All of the Easter eggs and, (laughs) like, you know, that little plastic grass kind of pales, maybe, in comparison to those kinds of big spiritual moments that we might have for Easter. That's great. Yeah, I think you mentioned one of the things that people struggle with is like just the resurrection in general. We believe as Christians that this guy, God, came to earth, put on human flesh, died, rose again, and it can feel like it takes a big leap for some people to logically get there. But there is a lot of proof, and you're passionate about teaching on that sort of side of things in the Bible and why we put our stock in the word and believe in the word. We're in the Old Testament at church right now. And so I want to kind of rewind to there. We start seeing the story of the resurrection in the first few chapters of the Bible. Can you kind of draw out for us what are some of the things we see in the Old Testament that point towards this culminating moment of the resurrection?
1: Yeah, I mean, right from Genesis chapter 3, the whole Old Testament points there. But I think people are confused because maybe they grow up in some form of Christianity or some nominal Christian environment, and you become an adult, and it's like everything in life, you were told about Santa Claus, you were told about told about the Easter Bunny, and, and people think, well, it's really a nice fable, it's just something we were told, it got us through life, um, and you start to put things together, and you think, resurrection, a man rising from the dead, no, that's like a fable, because the Greeks had their mythology, and it was just a tale. Um, no, <laughs> unlike Greek mythology and some other belief systems, there was a precursor to this and then there's ripples after it, and that's yeah. what we, we need to get into. So when man falls, God makes a prophecy, and the Bible's the only book, and people get fooled into this, the Bible's the only book that makes predictions, and the reason why Isaiah tells us, God said, I am God, there is no other And I'll prove it to you. I'll tell you the end from the beginning. The Bible has over a thousand prophecies, most of them centering around the birth of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. So in the garden, uh, God makes a prophetic utterance in Genesis 3 that it would be the seed of a woman. That's a virgin birth because the seed is always through a man that would crush the head of the serpent and said the serpent would bruise his heel, uh, which we know is crucifixion. So the rest of the Old Testament rolls out that way. When when the Jews go down to Egypt, they get persecuted and they grow in great numbers and a Pharaoh arises who enslaves them. So they're in bondage and God brings them out through a mighty hand, but we know the story, right? It's the blood on the doors that the angel passes over that was a lamb that was slain um that picture goes back to abraham who was told to kill isaac who was the promised seed and god says no don't the angel says don't kill your son god will provide himself literally a sacrifice john the baptist when jesus comes along these are the first words of the new testament spoken by anyone behold the lamb of god so this theme is running all the way through uh the book of numbers the people rebel god sends fiery serpents in the camp moses pleads with god what are we going to do god says take a brass serpent put it on a pole it's a sign of you know sin being judged anyone who looks at it will live it's ridiculous right um jesus said as that serpent was lifted up in the wilderness so shall the son of man be lifted up that was jesus making a prediction And then we haven't even gotten into what Jesus said one day when the people said, you know, show us a sign that you're from heaven. It's crazy. He's healing people left and right and they want a sign. He said, this generation is not going to be given a sign except Jonah. He reaches way back to a man who was put in the belly of a fish.
0: Really short book.
1: Yeah. One that you would never believe would have anything to do with Jesus. And Jesus said, this is actually the ultimate sign.
0: Yeah. And Jesus makes a lot of statements about his resurrection coming that to the people who are there at the time, they don't understand what he's saying about the temple being torn down and rebuilt. Can you kind of talk about some of the things Jesus says in predicting his own death? Yeah. And, resurrection? and,
1: and let, let's 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 put this one to bed. People act like the people in antiquity were dumb. They weren't. These people built a Parthenon and wonders of the world. The pyramids are still here today. These were smart people here's one thing everybody knew when you were dead you were dead mm-hmm. this idea that oh yeah like everybody rises from dead no no they buried many people buried on the same day no one rose from the dead so let's put that to bed um jesus many times predicted his resurrections and the disciples were like what what are you talking about like He's like, you know, we're going to go to Jerusalem and I'm, the Son of Man's going to suffer, die, to be buried. And they're like, no, 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 you're going to be a, a great political leader. Even the prophets who wrote about the suffering of Jesus, I'm not even sure they knew what they were writing about. Mm-hmm. You know, Zechariah writes about how the king would come on a donkey, Isaiah, certainly the suffering, rejected Messiah, Isaiah 53. The psalmist in chapter 22 talked about how he would be pierced and crucified. It, it didn't even exist. The Roman form of crucifixion didn't, didn't even exist. Casting lots for his clothing, no bones would be broken. Pierced with a spear, Zechariah talked about. He also talked about Jesus being betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Um, you know, Jesus, again, talking about Jonah. Um, the son of man would be three nights in the heart of the earth that's matthew 12 so um many references and i always said if a man can predict his death and resurrection and rise from the dead i'll believe anything that man says
0: yeah i mean that seems like a pretty trusted source um can you dig in a little bit more to the isaiah 53 element and how that would have been um like the temple readings and when jesus comes in and reads that can you tell a little bit more about that
1: yeah so even to this day Jews struggle with who is being written about there. Now, where they've landed on today is that's the nation, mm-hmm. but there's nothing in that text. It reads singular. The personal pronoun he goes all the way through it, and if you really read it, it's it's looking back. He was pierced. Uh, our iniquities were laid upon him. My personal opinion is when Jesus comes the second time, this is the Jews finally realizing he was the Messiah, and they're looking back. Mm. Um, Jesus would read in the synagogue, the scroll was handed to him, and he said, you know, this is fulfilled in your hearing, that the Messiah would come, and he would open blind eyes, deaf ears, preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and they wanted to stone him. Yeah. So, yeah, Jesus many times would dip back to the Old Testament. Matthew would have most of that chrono- chron- chronological chronology that um that jesus was fulfilling these things he's writing to a very jewish audience
0: so we get into the crucifixion story jesus um, has been betrayed by judas he's sold for these 30 shekels pieces of silver he's taken to Pilate. he's tried ultimately the jews say yes we want him to be crucified so they crucify him his side is pierced by the spear and water and blood flow out, which is significant. And then he's buried. Um, Can you kind of point out maybe what feels significant for us to think about in that actual crucifixion and the burial that might be important for us as we think about the resurrection?
1: So for anyone listening, you need to remember this. We know more about the birth and death of Jesus Christ than any figure in history. and That's saying a lot more than George Washington Hmm. a couple hundred years ago. Think about Christmas. We have hundreds of songs about his birth. We know there were shepherds, magi. We, we know tons. Um, again, the, the, the Gospels are not Aesop's fables. Matthew and Luke give us Tetrarchs. These are detailed political alignments of Roman government. We get dates. We get names. Um, Uh, Caesar Augustus heard. Uh, We get a lot of information. Luke is regarded as one of the great historians of antiquity. These stories corroborated by men like Josephus, um, who was a Jew who was captured by the Romans and then wrote Roman history, actually got paid to do it. That's a good gig if you can get it. Eusebius, early church father. So these were smart people. The burial of Jesus is paramount to the story. If you're going to have a resurrection, you need a burial. Right? The
0: body can't just disappear. Yeah.
1: So look, we know Romans crucified people. So if you go to the Mount of Olives, I know you've been to Israel, it's all stone right now. It's a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go there to the Garden of Gethsemane, you'll see these olive trees that are 500 years old. They'll say, oh, these are from Jesus' day. No, they're not from Jesus' day. They're not 2,000 years old. They're 500 years old. The Mount of Olives in Jesus' day was stripped like it is today because that's The Romans used those trees to make crosses. There were times where 300 to 500 crosses were up. People were being crucified. The Romans were ruthless when it came to this. And many times they were squelching rebellion. So look, we know when someone died on a cross, they were thrown in a heap. Mm -hmm. Okay, there was no burial. Dogs would come and ravage the bodies. Jesus was different. His followers took the body down. Pilate allowed it. We know where he was placed, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Mm -hmm. If you went to anyone in Arimathea, they would tell you where Joseph lived. By the way, he was a Pharisee, so he was well-known. He was rich. Uh, His tomb would have been uh, well-marked. Very few people had tombs. So the burial plot makes the story valid. Um, The idea that the body could have been stolen is ridiculous. We know that Pilate would have put 16 highly trained soldiers who, by the way, had no skin in the game. They could care less about the Jews or the story. Mm -hmm. The one thing the women all agree on, people always throw this out at you. Yeah, but if you read the synoptic gospels, everybody has a different story. Yeah, they all have a different look. They all agree on one thing. He's not here. He's risen. Yeah. Okay. We know the women couldn't have moved the stone. We know that uh, the the, the soldiers were paid off to say the disciples came and stole the body, that's ridiculous. They had all fled. There's a scholar at Cambridge University, J.T. Robinson, he spent a lifetime studying the, the burial, resurrection of Jesus, and he said, it's one of the early, earliest and best attested facts about Jesus that we know how, when, and where the body was buried.
0: Hmm. You mentioned in that account the women being the people who this is revealed to. I mean, certainly, if you were writing, if you're coming up with your own religion at that time, you wouldn't have maybe the most pivotal piece of evidence shared with women. Can you talk a little about about the significance of Jesus appearing and revealing himself to women and giving them that testimony?
1: Yeah, add to that the fact that, first of all, very few biographies were written. They were not written by common men like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, fishermen. There was no genre called, you know, historical fiction, where you take something that's happening and you add dates, and all that that didn't exist in in the ancient world. And you certainly would never have women because their testimony was invalid. So this egalitarian theme of, you know, no man or woman, no Jew or Gentile, runs all the way through from Jesus genealogy, all the way through the first day where basically the women are at the tomb. And um, they are the first witnesses, then the 12. Paul tells us then, uh, you know, it's Peter and John, then the 12, then over 500. So all the way to the day of Pentecost, um, there is evidence that Jesus is risen from the dead.
0: And when people question that and doubt that and they're um, looking for information or looking for answers, do you think that we kind of get to a point where it's like, okay, we can have all this logic and all of these facts and all this research that give us as much information as possible about the resurrection so that within the best of our reason, we can see the case for Christ resurrecting, but we're still going to kind of have to make a leap to say, okay, I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to, I'm going to put a stake in the ground and say, I'll put my life on the fact that this happened. And if you don't believe it, you also have to look at all of the evidence and the facts, you know, for whichever side you're on and still kind of make a leap and say, I'm going to believe that he did it. Do you think that there's a a different requirement of faith for one or the other or that there it requires a similar amount of faith to believe or to not believe
1: any honest person that looked at the evidence would say this is irrefutable. Hmm. Any person who discredits it, probably never investigated it, thinks they're going to be graded on a curve or they may think it happened and it's great that, well, God did that for me. But I always say if Jesus... If good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell, then Jesus should never come and died.
0: Yeah. Because we could have just kept rules.
1: Well, yeah. If we're just, if we're just, if I'm okay and you're okay and the good outweighs the bad and, you know, I never murdered anybody, then again, but but remember what Jesus said, he who believes in me Mm -hmm. has the power to be called a son of God. Just like the Passover, he he put the blood on the door. So this has significance. Maybe we'll, we'll get that to the end. Let me say this, the early church believed the evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, another great proof is martyrs, the martyrs of the early church, people Pretty much who, all the
0: disciples, who were, yeah, plus a lot of other people. All,
1: all, you know, all the disciples except John, mm-hmm. even John was persecuted, the early Christians, people who died for, for these type things. Um, and then there's what I call ripples, the ripples of the resurrection. We change the way we mark time. Try and change our calendar today. See how far you get. It yeah. would take a cataclysmic event. Some people event.
0: have actually tried. There's some interesting um, <laughs> debates for like different yeah. seasons and different calendars that obviously haven't taken off.
1: Yeah. So so here's some things you're up against. The early church, predominantly Jewish. Why did they convert when all it meant was being ostracized from, from everything they knew? Yeah. Uh, why would they die for their faith? You look through history. We mark time, B.C. and A.D., the year of our Lord by Jesus' birth. Uh, What about, take something like hospitals. Hospitals are not Greco-Roman. In the Greco-Roman world, if you were rich enough, you hired a physician. The idea of a place for the common man to go to get treatment didn't exist. Almshouses didn't exist. Mm -hmm. That was Christianity. Education for the masses, Christianity. Higher education, Christianity. You know, you take... um, Uh, in Paris, Notre Dame. Notre Dame was an early university. The church was a place where you would go and you would learn um, about all things as they related to the queen of the studies, which was theology. You take freedom and human rights. Look at America, right? Our constitution, you know, these inalienable rights come because... You know they're endowed by a creator mm-hmm. we could go on and on the beauty of sexuality the family even the protestant work ethic mm-hmm. you know labor uh, are all ripples of the resurrection and, and always remember this with jesus resurrection came the new testament 29 books but on the back of that came 39 books of the old testament yeah so in the next 2000 years you had people that believed in Jesus carrying a jewish idea that was very um secretive you know no, nobody knew about the jews or they thought they were weird but christianity brought all those ideas with them mm-hmm. and changed the world
0: yeah you it's certainly hard to imagine what the world would be like if you took out every influence that christianity has had on it because yeah it's been and you hear so these
1: impactful. really weak arguments like the world was looking for a change no it wasn't the world was looking for a change you got to be kidding me uh yeah i mean there there's a there's a book and I'm not, i would think today probably you could get it anywhere but i always pick it up when i go to the garden tomb it's called The weekend that changed the world, the mystery of the empty tomb in Jerusalem. Um, There's a reason people travel to the Holy Land and look at that empty tomb. There's a weekend that changed history. And if you're going to bet against it, uh, you need sevens coming up across the board from here to California. You know, we're in Philadelphia. Uh, you're, You're betting against history, evidence, and changed lives. Uh I share this when I go to Israel when we go to Caesarea, which was a predominantly Roman town. It's 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 some of the best Roman ruins in the world.
0: Beautiful aqueducts yeah, harbor with the tiles yes, and everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's where the Jews uh it's where the Romans wanted to live because the Jews drove them crazy. But it's where the early church converts lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, the early Jews that became converts lived in Caesarea. When we go there, I say, you know what? Herod built a lot of this, a lot of what we're going to see in Israel. Her- Paul was imprisoned there. Paul was imprisoned yeah. there. Uh, uh, a lot of this, Herod built, but we're here because of Jesus. And the irony is here we are, Gentiles looking at Roman ruins with Jewish tour guides. <laughs> God has a big sense of humor. Big sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, going back a little bit to the crucifixion itself, and I think that so much of the significance of the resurrection comes from understanding what the work is that Christ was doing on the cross that was also tied back to the Old Testament and the sacrificial sim, uh, system. Can you? It's, it's a mystery, obviously, like what exactly happened on the cross. But can you kind of explain that for people that might not be super familiar with, with that?
1: Yeah, so, you know, man sinned and uh God's requirement is that a sinless substitute would have to atone atonement is actually a financial term there has to you know if, if you look at your books if you if you have a
0: a debt that you owe yeah you to pay you, up.
1: somebody has to pay so in the temple, that was a sinless animal, and Genesis and Exodus go through kind of some serious requirements on. You know, the selecting of lambs. They had to be without spot, without blemish. And so the idea is no man could ever pay. We're all sinful. So, you know, great is the mystery of godliness. Uh, God took on human form. He came through a birth canal. Jesus was all of man, all of God. Uh, He sweated great great drops of blood to do the Father's will and finally go to the cross. He became that Passover lamb. Again, he likened it to Jonah, right? Mm -hmm. As Jonah was... Three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so would the son of man be. By the way, when you go to the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo has the judgment there. And you look at hell and you look at heaven. You know who's sitting at the top of all that? Jonah. And Michelangelo was an amazing scholar. He was a biblical scholar. He puts Jonah at the top because he knows the significance. When you go to the catacombs, you know, I bought this little trinket when I'm there. One of the most profound things you find in the catacombs, Christians would have their services in the catacombs and had etchings there. And certainly the cross was an etching and Greek, you know, symbols and the fish, you know, the fish was there. One of the things you'll find in the catacombs is a drawing of a whale or a great fish because they understood the tying of the Old Testament to the New. And I love what Paul writes That Jesus died according to the scriptures, was Was buried buried according according to to the the scriptures, scriptures and and has risen according to the scriptures. Those scriptures were the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's good to see that all tied together because I think, I mean, we've seen some movements today where people are kind of like breaking off from the Old Testament and certainly... Every scripture Jesus quoted was from the Old Testament, and there's yeah. such a beautiful connection there. I'm so passionate about reading the whole Bible. To yeah, when well, Jesus whole story. said the man doesn't
1: live by the bread, bread alone, alone. <laughs> every word that comes out of the mouth of God, that was the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, um, I guess this kind of brings us to a good natural conclusion as we think about coming into Easter this week. Um, And we're excited for our Easter services and to be with all of you. And the Bible makes it really clear that if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. So the resurrection is crucial to our own salvation. we will be saved and have eternity with Jesus. Um, And if that's something you have, we're excited to celebrate that with you this weekend at Easter. If it's something you don't, we hope that you can come to one of our services or reach out in some other way. And we'd love to share more about that with you. Thank you for joining us today on the CC Delco podcast. We'll see you next time. Happy Easter, everybody. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, head to ccdelco.com to stay up to date with all of our sermons, our resources, all the events that are going on at Calvary Chapel of Delaware County. We'll see you in our next episode and we pray that you're blessed this week.